Hey everyone, this is Krishan. Welcome to Snowpal's podcast. Hope you're doing well. In this podcast, I want to talk about uh, Rails, Sinatra, uh, Node, and Meteor, and uh, in the context of a particular problem. Uh, and I'll speak to what that is. But before I, I, we go into the podcast, let me ask you if you've checked out pitch.snowpal.com. If you've not, you certainly want to check that out so you can manage your projects and be super productive and efficient on the platform. Uh, without further ado, let's get into the podcast. I mentioned I want to talk about Rails or Sinatra, which is another Ruby framework. Uh, and I also want to talk a little bit about Node and Meteor. Meteor is a JavaScript uh, framework. I know how popular it is now. Uh, I've used it a little bit uh, in the past. Um, not something I enjoyed working on, but it's a good example to take regardless, right? Uh, what I want to talk about here is when you're, let's say you're adding a new feature or building a new service or building a brand new application or product or whatever it is, and you're making some technology decisions, uh, if you are doing something completely new, like you don't have a single line of code, then there's a certain, that's a certain kind of decision making. If you have a full-blown product, like we have a product, but which keeps growing, and every time we build something, I ask myself, do I want to build it similar similar to what we've built before in, in the sense of the context of the actual underlying technology or do I want to look for something different and I'm the kind of person who looks to solve the problem uh, in the best way possible given that problem um, the previous stack does play some role uh, the priorities obviously play a, a big role as well but I don't stop I don't let that stop me from making difficult decisions like hey i need to be building this quite differently from how i may have built something else in the past because the problem itself is different the domain's different so there's no reason to just do it the way i had done something else in the past right so when i get to those points uh, the crossroads and it happens all the time because we're building stuff all the time uh, one of the questions i ask myself all the time is uh, do i want a library that is bloated or do i want that is one that is skinny and what I mean by those loosely used terms is, by bloated I mean is you could look for frameworks that actually uh, bring a lot of, uh, uh, you know, bring a lot to the table to get started, right? Uh, they provide a lot of features and functionality and services and whatnot. And you may or may not need all of it. You may need 5, 10, 15% of it, but you still get all of it and you can choose to ignore the rest of it. Or you could go with other skinny libraries that do very little to start off uh, but then they have uh, they have a plug and play mechanism. They have plugins and other dependencies they can add as you go as your needs grow. Uh, there are two sort of radically different approaches, right? And there is a middle ground always. But let's say if you uh, talked about the extremes, some people prefer its personal choices as well. Some people prefer to uh, adopt the, those bigger frameworks in the in anticipation of improving and and growing in future. Sure, that's fine if it works for you. Uh, I like a mix of the two. There are cases where I've done gone down that route, but my natural inclination is to go with something that's skinnier so you have more control over it. You exactly know what you want to bring to the table, into the mix, and then you start adding it. Now, that does get a little tricky at times, and it could be time-consuming if you're not used to that sort of a thing, but if you enjoy doing it and you've done it quite a bit in the past, then it, you should be quite at home. And I lean, uh, you know, that's generally my preference. That would be my first choice always to find something that does that does what I want for it to do, but is able to accommodate a lot more in future by virtue of the way it's built, right? Of course, you don't want to be limited by picking one that can only do so much. 
you cannot do any more unless someone else contributed to it later. That's a, that's a problem. Uh, but co the reasonably comparable uh, items are one that has a lot of it to begin with and one doesn't have too much. And some examples, I can take two examples, right? Rails is a good, nice Ruby on Rails is, is a nice Ruby framework. I've used it plenty of times in a lot of projects. I like it in some cases. In other cases, I choose not to use it. Uh, and when I'm picking, when I'm working on a Ruby stack, I uh, like Sinatra, which is another framework, which is core Ruby. It's more core Ruby than Rails, in my opinion. Uh, and it's got half the number of downloads as Rails. Rails has, I don't know, 150 million or something like that. Sinatra has like generally 50% of it. So it's pretty popular as well. And Sinatra is, is very easy to get started. It gives you very little to start off with, but you can add these gems and dependencies as you go. And it gives you complete control over the structure of how your application can be built. The directories, the naming, uh, the, the uh, you know, how you name them, how you, uh, how you arrange them, the hierarchy and all of it is completely under your control. Rails is more convention based, right? Uh, you You want to stick to what it expects you to do. You could go outside of it and deviate, but it's just going to make your life more miserable than it needs to be, right? And then as you have upgraded newer versions of Rails, it becomes more and more powerful, but more and more bloated as well because it, it has stuff that you not don't always need. In our case, we've, we have Rails, we have Sonata, we have like 10 different uh, languages, I think, uh, because we try to pick the best one for the problem. Uh, but again, that's an example. Another example on the JavaScript side is Node uh, versus Meteor, right? I have used Meteor a little bit in a couple of projects, not my preference. I prefer straight out Node. Uh, Meteor has changed over a period of time. I don't know how adopt what its adoptability is like today or how popular it is. Uh, I used it a little while ago and it is, it is not, I didn't enjoy it. Sometimes, you know, you feel you connect to a language, just like you connect to people, you connect to a language or a platform or a framework. It's not good or bad, right? It's, I mean, when you compare and contrast these languages and frameworks these days, you could pick just about any one of them and you can use them well enough and you're a good engineer, you're gonna solve the problem beautifully and it'll just serve your purpose. So it essentially comes down to personal preference, your team, uh, their comfort levels, the resources, the ease of being able to find people to help you, and a number of other non-engineering related factors, not directly engineering related, right? So uh, those items make, uh, you know, have to drive your decision making with the stack. Uh, but if none of them was a problem, you could make your pick, right? You could have your pick or whatever, uh, then you have your preferences. In my case, you know, I love Java as a language. I like JavaScript, I like Node, I like Ruby. Uh, I love Dart, uh, you know, I like, have my likes. Even within those languages, there are certain libraries and frameworks that, that I don't particularly enjoy because it doesn't speak to you. It's it's almost like music, right? When I listen to Rahman's music, I don't have to make an effort to connect. It just speaks to me, right? It literally speaks to me. Uh, similarly, just like people, you connect with people, I think we all connect with technology as well, right? I mean, like if you're an Apple user, like I love Apple as a company. I mean, I super love Apple as a company. Their products, I don't have to make an effort to like their products. I just love their products. I don't know why I drank the Kool-Aid, I guess, years ago, but I love their products, whether it's a dev platform, whether it's OS X, whether it's iOS, whatever it is, right? There's probably one thing that Apple does that I've probably not entirely enjoyed, which is Objective-C and Swift maybe. Uh, for other reasons. Outside of that, I've just liked everything else about Apple, right? I, I love them. 
but you connect with them it's it's not it's generally you just like it right and sometimes you have a good reason sometimes not with apple with productivity and and dev environments i do uh but in some cases i don't it's just the feel of how you touch you know, the app on your phone how the the device uh, reacts you enjoy that similarly a platform when you code you're writing into an editor uh, whether it was vi or whether it's uh, emacs in the past or whether it's uh, ruby mine or eclipse or intellij or whatever it is like uh, visual studio you know you have your pick you like a particular editor you stick to it uh, whatever makes us happy right and then within those editors we have our languages we have our frameworks but they need to be able to speak to us so when we start coding you know eyes have to light up and we're like hey I, i want to write this code in this particular language to solving this particular problem um so that's you know that's the kind of connectivity or the connection you want to have with the particular platform now amidst all of that digression uh, uh clearly i you know i'm outside of the topic uh, but hopefully you know hopefully at the end of these rambles and uh, each of these podcasts there is something that you uh, uh learn a little bit more than what you may have known before uh, and at least that's my hope right so back to wrapping this podcast up so when you pick these libraries or frameworks frameworks usually are much bigger libraries are skinnier uh go with what works for you if you like something uh, that gives you everything to begin with so you don't have to worry about adding them later then going with something like rails or or a meteor like not meteor but something like that maybe is your cup of tea uh, otherwise you know you may want to start with uh free libraries that actually don't mandate a structure right with express like for instance you know writing express apps you could create your directories however you want to create those directories right it gives you complete control now it could be overwhelming as well right you could feel challenged and you're like hey you know what why do i have to make all these decisions it isn't it easier if someone else had made that for me uh that's where something like rails comes in right where yeah sure you can get started run the scaffold do rails new and then you have boom you have a new app that you can get going with but even these other libraries these days there are scaffolds so you can start with skinny libraries and actually create these models and have a lot of these controllers and views generated as well so it's not necessarily mutually exclusive even though if if you picked uh, something like something that's uh, very like a skinny library again uh you, you may not get all of what you're expecting uh if your your expectations are quite a bit uh but again i just want to get that out there saying uh, two uh, two options at least two options at the highest level outside of particular frameworks and technologies which is what do you expect that to give you regardless right you you're not going to go wrong go, you're not going to go wrong excuse me either way as long as you enjoy it and you know what you're doing uh which i'm sure you do uh but one thing i want to make sure is if you're picking up open picking open source stuff make sure the adoptability is adoptability is, is good enough you don't want to go pick a gem or npm module that was written by somebody and there's like five downloads because sure maybe you can if you if it serves your purpose if it does a little tiny little thing uh but if you if you if it does a more if it does quite a few things and if it uh does not have a lot of adoptability then again you know you're not going to see improvements it may be, it might become a dead project soon enough and you're going to be in a bit of a soup right so you want to make sure you pick something that actually has a lot of traction and again it's all time sensitive something that has a lot of traction today may not have that much traction tomorrow but at least you can only make the decision based on the information you have at any given point of time 
So try to make the best decision that you can with the, with the information that you have at that instant of time. Um, anyways, that's all I want to say in this podcast. Hope you enjoyed it and check out pitch.snowpal.com. Thank you.